So all the moms here today, we want to celebrate you. We want to say thank you for your faithfulness. In fact, would you stand, moms, and so we can just give you a round of applause this morning for all you've done. I know it's hard maybe, but stand up, moms, and just, we want to say thank you. We just want, so would you just give a rousing applause for our moms today? <laughs> Amen. Thank you. And we just really appreciate moms today. We have a little video we want to just show you about moms. Today is Mother's Day. And we want to acknowledge all the women we're blessed to know. We rejoice over you, for your strength, your wisdom, your strong love, and your beautiful faith. Whether today is a celebration for you or a day of quiet reflection and healing, we're thinking of all of you. If you gave birth this year to your first child, our joy overflows and we celebrate with you. If you adopted a child this year or became a foster parent, we rejoice with you and we want to honor you in your commitment to changing the lives of children. If you continue to struggle with infertility, we are hoping with you and holding your hand in prayer. If you are exhausted and feeling underappreciated for all you do for a house full of kids, we applaud you. We love you and we appreciate you more than you can ever imagine. And if you lost a child this year to death or miscarriage, we weep and mourn with you. And if your child is lost to addiction or to the world, we hurt with you and we join you in putting our hope in the one who brings prodigals home. If you live with painful memories of your mom, we pray that you will find in a spiritual mother all that you never had from a birth mom. And if you're one of those amazing spiritual moms, we thank you for stepping up and being there when others couldn't. If you're experiencing an empty nest for the first time this year, we walk with you in this new season and are excited about the next chapter God has planned for you. If you're single, we celebrate your strength beauty and individuality and join with you in praying for the desires of your heart. If you're a single mom and wonder if you have the physical energy and financial resources to raise and provide for your child or children, we want to help you and we will. And if you're pregnant for the first time, we prayerfully anticipate with you the joyful birth of a healthy child. And to all the special women on this Mother's Day, rest and delight in knowing that we are thankful for you and we celebrate each and every one of you. Amen. You know, the video pretty much covers it all, doesn't it? Because there is a whole gamut of moms out there or maybe women that want to be moms and maybe moms that have, made, have significant losses or maybe the singles out there. Now, I just want you to know, singles, that we appreciate you, that you are not to be uh, forgotten. Um, and uh, we just want to take the time to celebrate moms today. I know holidays are always kind of bittersweet. Sometimes they come with the real joy and real happiness and lightness of heart, and sometimes holidays can be a little bit hurtful because they bring real memories of maybe fresh hurts or maybe even bring up some past hurts that 
holidays always tend to do. So we want to be sensitive today to that. We want to celebrate moms, but at the same time, if, if there's a mourning in your heart or a sorrow, we want to just be there with you and just say we want to hold you up and we want to support you and all that. I just want to talk this morning about moms and Jesus because moms and Jesus are pretty much alike. And we're going to explore some scriptures today and we're going to explore some principles today that... Um, really see us, see moms as a real provider the way they are, as Christ is a provider for us. You know, what's really interesting is that one thing is common to everything that's ever been created or is going to be manufactured yet. No matter how great we have done things, men, mankind have done, have, we've created some amazing things. I mean, just think about some of the buildings that you've seen and some of the creations that men have come up with, some of the inventions. Think of the computer. Think of technologies. Think of, I mean, medical breakthroughs. It's amazing what we've been able to do. But the one thing common between everything that we have, men have been able to do is everything that we do will be destroyed. There's not one invention, not one creation, not one thing that's going to survive eternity that mankind has created. Everything will pass away. Nothing lasts forever. Besides, one thing that moms can do is that they can do something that man can't. And they create things that are eternal. Think about that. Every time a baby is born, every time that, 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 in, that conception happens, at the instant of conception, there is something created inside a mother's womb that will never die. Think of that. That's what moms do with the help of Jesus. <laughs> That's what moms do. They create things that last forever. Every baby that's born has an eternity before them. And not just when they're born, but when they're created inside the womb. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That God has given that creative ability within humankind through moms that are so often spurned today. The, the motherhood today, like everything else that God breathed and God is good, the enemy tries to destroy it and try to twist it. And moms, I want you to know you're celebrated and you're important and you are, you are something that we need to cherish and honor and just tell you how much that we appreciate who you are for what you are. Because without a mom, we, none of us would be here today, right? And this is some of the bittersweet stuff because I know for those that weren't able to be moms, I know this is painful. But recognize, though, that Jesus is there for you as well, to carry you along as well. So it's all good. It's all good that moms are doing what they're supposed to do. They are the ones that create things forever. And I want to talk about four things that moms do for us today. Moms bring us life. Moms nurture and protect. Moms educate. And moms love, discipline, and comfort. And they do that in, a, in just the same way that Jesus does for all of us. So as we go through this today, we're going to see the fact that what we're seeing, is we're, we're going to draw parallels between for what moms do and what Jesus does. Because we need to have both. But we really need to have that relationship with Jesus as well. Moms bring us life. There is a miracle of life taking place as a child is formed and being formed in the womb of a mother. There's a miracle of life. I mean, we can't see it. We can't understand it. We can't try to um, stop it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just happening. There's just that, that seed that's taking place and that growth of those, of those um, 
cells that they're multiplying and, and dividing and turning into one cell is going to turn into an eyeball and one cell is going to turn into a toenail and one cell is going to turn into a hair follicle. And it's just amazing, isn't it, how God has just created the human body to do that? And not just the human body, but every animal, every bug, the lowest forms of, of life go through the same metamorphosis. And it's just amazing how God has created life to replicate itself. And it's, it's the proof that the baby is being formed in you as uh, we see the outward manifestation in a mother. When a mother starts to get a little bit of a bigger belly, I wish I had that problem. It's not good when my belly gets bigger. <laughs> but when a mom's belly starts to get bigger, it's life. It's proof that life is forming and being developed. It's beautiful. Pregnant women, they have a glow about them. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, and we want to celebrate that because it's all good. It's all good. In Psalm 139, God is all, also is a life giver, and he forms life, and he knows what's happening even when we can't see it. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. It's just amazing how God has created life to happen that way. And it often goes unsaid and unnoticed that birth truly is the miracle that it is. But yet, it's so sad at the same time we see how people take it and they abuse it. I, I mean, this is a great opportunity, a great platform to talk about pro-life and how the, 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 the evils of abortion and of, of women thinking that it's their body and what's happening inside their body is their control. It's so sad that the enemy has been able to deceive and twist what God has created as perfect what God has created as good, that we think that we have the power, because we can, that we have the authority to destroy life like that. So I am a, and I know you are in this church as well, we are great proponents of pro-life. We believe that at that moment of conception, that soul and that spirit come together in that little bit of flesh, and it's not just a blood clot, it is a baby. It is a human being being formed, and we just want to, protect, we want to protect that. But that's just the beginning of life. That's just the beginning. Just as a mother brings life and Jesus brings life, they come eternal when they come together. The beautiful thing about the, the, the union or the, the combination of a mother's bringing life and then Jesus bringing life through his death, through the price that he paid on the cross, now we can have a, an eternal life when they come together. And that's what is really beautiful about that because Jesus is the life giver. Jesus gives us the opportunity to have eternal life as we choose him, right? We all know that. It's no secret here. Everybody knows that, that we're giving that opportunity to, to receive eternal life through the blood of Christ. John chapter 6, beginning at verse 35 and then 38 and 40, Jesus says, I am the bread that gives life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry. No one who has faith in me will ever be thirsty. 
Skipping to verse 38, I didn't come from heaven to do what I want. I came to do what the Father wants me to do. He sent me, and he wants to make certain that none of the ones he has given me will be lost. You see the love of Jesus? Can you just see the love of God coming through this? He says, instead, he wants me to raise them to life on the last day. My Father wants everyone who sees the Son to have faith in Him and to have eternal life. Then I will raise them to life on the last day. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of a mother giving birth. This reminds me of Jesus loving us so much that He's given us all of Himself so that He then can bring birth of us into the heavenly eternal realms. I can see this really as a description of our birthday, our heavenly birthday. Because Jesus says, Father, I love them so much, I don't want one of them to slip through my fingers. I don't want one of them to be aborted in the process. I want them all to come to full, full gestation. I want them to all come all to the fact that I want them all to become saved and have a full life here on this earth so that I can then bring them into my heavenly realm and I can deliver them to you as my heavenly Father. That's a great description of what it is for salvation. Our salvation and our life of holiness is a daily process. Our life of holiness. We've been talking about holiness a lot for the past number of weeks and how important it is that we have holiness in our life because the Bible's clear that if, if we are to see God, we must be holy as God is holy, right? So we must come that relationship and we must, have that, we must maintain that relationship of holiness in our life on a regular basis. And, and the life that we're living in there right now, I mean, think of this as our development in the womb, <laughs> okay? Our life on earth is our nine-month gestation period in the womb, that Jesus is calling us to him, and he's saying, I want you all to be part of my life, and, and, and the next 80, 90 years of your life, whatever the Lord gives you, that's just the beginning. You haven't even been born yet. Yes, we say we're born again. Spiritually, we are born again. But in reality, we haven't even been born yet into eternity because eternity comes and it lasts forever. And we never run out of, of time. So this is really just our, our, our birth time. This is our womb development time that, that Jesus is pre preparing for us. And just as a mother, just as an expecting mother grows and she begins to show her pregnancy, we have proof of our pregnancy or we have proof of our life growing as we as Christians through our daily holiness that we are living it out and we're being, um, we're being prepared. 1 John 3, 9 through 10, this is the message. It says, people conceived and brought into life by God don't make a practice of sin. Isn't that interesting how people are conceived Eugene Peterson uses the same word. People are conceived and brought into life by God. And once we're there, we don't make a practice of sin. How could they? God's seed is deep within them, making them who they are. It is, it's not in the nature of, of the God begotten to practice and parade sin. Here's how you tell the difference between God's children and a devil's children, okay? This is, this is the proof that there's a baby growing in the mother's stomach because the, the mother is showing, okay? This is our proof to the world that we are God's children and not the devil's children because the one who won't practice righteous ways isn't from God, nor is the one who won't love his brother or sister. It's a simple test. The Bible says, if you love me, what does it say? If you love me, Jesus says, you will obey my commands. 
That is proof to the world that we're pregnant. (laughs) It's proof to the world that we're going to heaven. It's proof to the world that we are saved because we're giving, we're showing them our daily holiness. It's not a self-righteousness. It's not I'm doing it on my own way. No, I'm doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit that he's given me the ability to show the world. And when I'm showing the world, you know, when a mother, when a pregnant mother comes into the room, there is just a level of excitement. I mean, it's just, a, it's just it's a, it's an exciting time. People congratulate her, they hug her, they say you're beautiful because she is beautiful, because she's carrying life. Well, we're the same way as Christians. When we walk into a room, there should be a, an excitement within us to say, hey, we're carrying life, we're carrying eternal life. And it should be congratulations, celebrate, and you should have a, a, a special union with a fellow brother or sister in Christ that you should be able to walk up to them and just know that they're, that they're saved, that they have, a, they have Jesus. And when we have that experience, we have that fellowship, it's a blessing. It's something we need to celebrate, we need to really recognize that. So mothers give life. The second thing mothers do is that mothers nurture and protect. Just as important as it is for the unborn baby to stay connected to the mother while in the womb, it's vitally important for Christians to stay connected to Christ and avoid being separated from him through the sin and the consequences that that brings. You know what I'm talking about? That umbilical cord, the way that baby is connected to the mother in the womb, if there was any severing of that or any type of a crimping of that cord, how it would be disastrous to the baby. Well, guys, we have the same thing with our our Christian walk. We have the same vitally important connection with Christ that we must maintain that so that we don't lose our connection and that we don't lose our life or we don't become maimed in the process. John chapter 15, verses 4 through 5, it says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. That passage is a perfect illustration of what it means for us to remain in Christ as a baby remains connected to his mother. If you continue to read the passage in John chapter 15, Jesus promises us that as we remain in him by obeying his commands, that's how we remain in Christ. We remain in Christ not by claiming we remain in Christ. We remain in Christ through the relationship of obedience. That we, that we listen to what he's asking us to do, that, we're, that we pray, we're listening for his still small voice in us, and then we're being willing to obey and be obedient when he says move, and when he says do, and when he says don't do, we are obedient to that, and that is how we are staying in the care of Christ. It also says in that passage that the father is the gardener of that garden, and he prunes us. And the branches that fall off that don't bear fruit, he gathers them up and he burns them because there is, he wants it to keep it pure. He wants to keep it undefiled. In the same way, a mother's care doesn't end at childbirth either. She, in fact, is just beginning her life of caring. You know, once a mother, always a mother. Uh, once a dad, always a dad. You know, you never, can, you never can get out of that care and love for your children, can you, moms? Grandmothers, 
<laughs> I mean, you never lose the burden, do you? You never lose the burden for your children. You're always praying. And I'm so thankful for praying mothers. I'm so thankful for praying grandmothers that you're there, you're faithful, and you are holding your children and your grandchildren up in prayer because you have no idea the power of that, moms, grandmas. You have no idea how important that is. You may not feel it. You may feel ignored. You may feel forgotten. But I'm telling you what, the most important thing you can do is to pray for your children. Don't give up. The devil will be there, and he will try to discourage you. He'll try to say it's not working. Don't work. Just give up on them. But let me just encourage you, moms and grandmas, don't give up on praying for your children. Jesus nurtures and protects us, his spiritual children as well. John chapter 4, verses 10 and 13 through 14. Jesus answered, you don't know what God wants to give you. You don't know who is asking you for a drink. If you did, you would ask me though for the water that gives life. Now, this is when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, right? He's going through, they're, 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 he and his disciples are passing through this territory they probably really shouldn't be in because it's really not safe territory, Samaritan territory. And he sees this woman at the well, and Jesus sits down, and his, his disciples go into town to get some food, and it's just Jesus, and this lady walks up. The Samaritan woman walks up, which is a crossbreed, which is a half-breed, which is, which is a look down upon if you're a Jewish people. But Jesus has compassion, as he always does, and he starts a conversation. And uh, he asks her for a drink. And this brings up the conversation of water. And Jesus said, if you really knew who I was, you would be asking me for water. Because I can provide things for you that will nurture you and protect you that nothing else can And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again. But no one who drinks the water I give you will ever be thirsty again. The water I give is like a flowing fountain that gives eternal life. That passage is interesting when you think about it. It says, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again. What water is he talking about? Talking about physical water, right? Water you pull out of the well. You know, we get, we get thirsty, we drink, we get thirsty, we drink, we get thirsty. But no one who drinks the water I give will ever be thirsty again. Now, it's interesting because the water that Jesus is talking about is the water that comes from heaven. It's, it's the spiritual water, the, the water that truly gives us a sense of fulfillment. And I know what I know when I'm not feeling productive, and I think you probably have the same knowledge that you feel like, man, what am I doing I'm just wasting my time. I'm just not being fulfilled. See, there comes that, there's that spiritual water that comes that will fulfill us and give us that, that, that quenching of our spirit. And um, it's interesting because when that comes, it is truly miraculous because it just picks us up when we can't be picked up on our own. When we're so depressed or downtrodden or tired, there is something about the life-giving water of Christ that just picks us up and lifts us and puts us back on the steps, and it helps us to keep walking again. And Jesus is there to take care of us, and he's there to sustain us, just like a mother is. You know, a mother um, gives good food to her, parent, to her children. A, a mother prepares nutritious meals, gives proper nourishment. She avoids the junk food. Well, my mom gave me junk food. 
<laughs> I liked that part of her. But, my, but she also nourished me, and she gave me the good stuff that I needed to have. And, and uh, that's the same, the same way Christ is for us. Jesus gives us the nourishment that we have to have. We could chase a lot of stuff in this world that might look good, but there's no life, there's no sustenance there. And so Jesus is, is just like um, the mothers, just like a nurturing mother, Jesus is there to protect us as well. Mothers also protect us. If you get into a situation where you want to rile up a mother, just do something to her child. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Just get between Moses and Tony and see what happens. Right, Rick? Just get between a mother and a child, and you'll see Mama Bear coming out. And that's just that natural instinct to protect. Well, you know, Jesus has the same level of protection for us. In this example that I have up, Luke 23, or Luke 22, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked you to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. This is the night that Jesus was betrayed. This is the night before Christ went to the cross. And Simon had, uh, was, was telling Jesus that he was going to be there for him. And, and Jesus knew that Peter was going to be hurt. Jesus knew that Satan was going to try to destroy Peter because if Satan could destroy Peter, then Satan could destroy the church, the coming church. Same thing with you and I today. But Jesus went to him, and, and, and in that, he said, Simon, I'm giving you a heads up here that Satan is going to sift you, and when he comes, he's going to try to destroy you, but I'm going to protect you. And even when we fall down, because, Satan, because Peter did fall down here, didn't he? Peter did deny Christ three times. And he did make the fall, but Jesus is there to pick us up. You're never, you're never out of the reach of Christ. We all fall down, right? We all make mistakes. We've all blown it. But Jesus is there. He is the protector and he's the provider. Jesus is on our side. Can I just tell you that much? First John chapter 2, verse 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if you do sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So many people have this wrong perception of Christ or God, that God is a big, mean God and just up there to hammer you as soon as you make a mistake. No, that's not true. God is wanting you. He's protecting you. He's doing everything in, everything he is to, to call you back to him. He's defending you against the attacks of the enemy. He's doing everything he can. He is our advocate He's not our judge this morning. Now, there's coming a day when he will be the judge, and we need to recognize that. But right now, Christ is, our, is on our side. He's calling us back. He's wooing us back to himself and said, no matter what you've done, you've made mistakes, but I can forgive you. I can nurture you. I can protect you if you'll just come back into the fold. Amen? That's important that we realize that's who Jesus is today because there is a day coming that he is going to be the judge and we want to make sure that on that day that we have come back under the fold we are connected back to him and that we are continuing our to to live a life of eternal life development today so that when comes that day that he will say to us well done well done good and faithful come on in i'm i'm welcoming you into the kingdom today so jesus protects us and nurtures us just like moms do the third thing moms do is mothers educate Mothers were and still are our main source of education for children today. Now, in the, in the, uh, in the pre-industrial age, back when it was an agricultural world more so, it was all about moms educating. They didn't have really good school systems. And moms were the, were the nurturers. They were the protectors, and they were the educators. And they spent a lot of time educating their children, and rightly so. They should, they, they should be. 
and they still are today, but at the same time recognize that Jesus is also a teacher, that he was teaching people, beginning with his disciples. He spent a lot of time teaching people. Mark chapter 4, 33 and 34, Jesus used many other stories when he spoke to the people, and he taught them as much as they could understand. He did not tell them anything about without using stories, but when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. Now, I can just imagine Jesus taking a time, just as moms take their time, to uh, patiently educate children. The questions can be sometimes annoying, but I can, I can see Jesus being with his disciples, and I can see moms being with their children as patient nurturers and educators. It takes patience, and it takes a nurturing heart to teach, to, to teach children. And Jesus was a very patient teacher. Mark 10, Jesus left the place, verse 1, left that place and went into the region of Judea. And across the Jordan, again, crowds of people came to him. And as was his custom, he taught them. Matthew nine thirty four and 36, Jesus went through all the towns and villages. He taught in their synagogues. He preached the good news of the kingdom. That's what he did. Jesus was a teacher, and that shows us how well and how much he protects his children through his teachings, just like moms do today. And then the fourth thing, and the final thing that we're going to talk about today about moms is their love and their discipline and their comfort. It's amazing how love brings in discipline and it also brings in comfort. You can't have true love without true discipline. And then after the discipline comes the comfort. There's a process. If you had love without discipline, it's not real love. Love and discipline must go hand in hand together. But moms have a way of loving children like nobody else can. We've all heard, this, we've all heard about the person that had, he was the, 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 he had the face that only a mother could love. <laughs> you, know, you know who I'm talking about, right? You might know one of those people. In fact, you may be looking at one. <laughs> the face that only a mother can love. I got that. Or the actions that only a mother can love. And, and how moms can be so, so um, unconditional in their love. A mother's love truly is unconditional like nothing else. That doesn't mean that mothers always approve of what the child's doing, though. A mother's love is unconditional even when the child is hurting her or hurting something else. Isn't that true? Isn't that the same way with Christ? Christ is so unconditionally loving us that his love never fails. We never can run outside of God's love. We can never run away from God's love. He may not be approving what I'm doing, but that doesn't stop his love. His love is unconditional in that regard. And I would hopefully that that would teach us that we need to recognize his love and return it back to him in a way that he's, that he's given it to us in the first place. That I'm hoping that as, as Christian people that we will see God's unconditional love as something that he wants us to return to him and that, we, that helps us to stay connected to him. And that's the, that's the plan. Unfortunately, it doesn't always happen, but that's the plan. But real love is so strong that it does require discipline to protect a child from harming themselves. We all know what that looks like, don't we? Moms, come on, we all know that. If, you, if you're taking care of your children and your, if your child is getting ready to touch a hot stove, what do you do? 
You, you become like Superwoman. You go flying across the room and you, you know, take the, take the child down. <laughs> Do anything you can to keep that child from putting their hand on a hot stove because you don't want, you know it's going to hurt them. It doesn't mean you're angry with them. It doesn't mean you're upset with them. It means you're protecting them. Discipline is a proof of perfect love. You can't, you, you can't have perfect love without having discipline. We know this. Hebrews chapter 12 this is talking about a father, but a father and a mother here can be, uh, it can be used together. So it's Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 5. Have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father or a mother addresses her son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his son or his daughter. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father or their mother? If you are not disciplined, and by the way, everyone undergoes discipline. I like the way he throws it in there. Then you are not legitimate, not true sons and not daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had fathers, human fathers, who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Hard times in life can be a part of God's discipline for us. Maybe God's trying to get our attention. Maybe there are some things that we need to change. Maybe there are some things we need to alter. Don't get mad at God and don't throw your fist up at him and say why and, 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 and rebel. That's not, that's not the way you receive love. Recognize that things are going to happen in life that may not always be the things that you like. If God is disciplining us, then, then receive it for what it is because it truly is for our benefit. Then after the discipline comes the comfort. Both mothers and Jesus provide comfort in our times of trouble. Now, let me just give you an example. Um, I'll just use my life. My dad, my dad was a disciplinarian. My dad didn't let many things go. And when I, would, when I had spankings, they were not fun. In fact, um, it was a kind of a, a race with the belt. My dad would hold me by the hand, take the belt, and I would run around circles trying to think if I could run fast enough, I could get ahead of the belt. Well, I never did. It always caught up, and it always hurt. But here's the thing, though. That, that wasn't the discipline. That was the attention getter. The discipline came after the fact when I was afraid that I was going to die <laughs> because I was, you know, this sounds child abuse. Well, it's not child abuse. I'm sorry. This is not child abuse. This is, this is getting your child's attention so that your child will listen to some good advice. At that point in time, he would set me down on his lap, and I'm ready to listen now. Prior to that time, I wasn't ready to listen because I was rebelling. But after I was afraid of the belt enough that I was, okay, Dad, I'll listen. What do you got to say? Then I could sit, and that's the discipline. Then he would sit down and say, Mike, do you know why I'd spank you? Do you know why I had to do that to you? Then he would explain, and I would say, oh, yeah, I get it, okay? So then the next time... I wouldn't even need it. I would just get the look. 
<laughs> and you know the look, right? You know your mom's look or your dad's look when they say, okay, you better stop. You're pushing me too far. Stop. I, 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 you know, and then, see, that's the comfort because comfort comes after trouble. And then I could, say, you know, then I could uh, feel like I was loved and I felt like I was being nurtured and cared for. But, you know, but without discipline, you think you're doing your kids a favor or you think maybe, maybe God's doing us a favor when he lets us run wild. But you know, when God corrals us and we have that discipline, that is a proof of love. It's a proof that he cares and a proof that he's concerned. And that's comfort. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. I think we've all been there. And mothers and fathers and Jesus, they comfort us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Give praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Father who gives tender love. All comfort comes from him. He comforts us in all our troubles. Now we can comfort others when they are in trouble. We ourselves have received comfort from God. We share the sufferings, the sufferings of Christ so that we also share in his comfort. Now, you may not have always felt God's comforting love, but we can understand that it's there for us. God will never remove his love from us. It's the ultimate proof of Christ's love is that he gave himself for us. John three sixteen and 17, we know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And if you don't see this verse as describing God's unbounded love to all mankind, then you, then you need to read it again. <laughs> because this is telling us that Christ, God loved us so much that he gave a son for us. You talk about comfort, you talk about providing, you talk about nurturing, you talk about protecting. For God that loves us so much that he'll do anything for us is exactly what he did. And that's exactly what our mothers do. Our mothers would give their lives for us if they had to. Jesus and the moms do the same thing. They go together. So Jackie, as you'd come, as, as we prepare to, to close this service out, I just want to ask some questions, and that is, what, is, what, is, what, are, our, what are our responsibilities? What are our obligations? Do we have any responsibilities to our moms? Do we have obligations? Yes. We are to take care of them. We're to, we're to take care of them like they took care of us. We're to share, we're to, to reflect back that unconditional love that they gave to us as we were children. We're to reflect that same love back to them and also to Jesus. So as a mother who can love a son or a daughter, we need to have that same love that we can reflect back to them and share that with them. So this morning, as we celebrate our moms, can we also celebrate Jesus in the same way this morning? I just want to take the time to reflect that I want to celebrate moms today, but at the same time, I want to make it um, very clear that we need to have that same level of love for Christ. That as we love moms, we need to, we need to love Jesus in the same way. Because they both are life givers. They both are nurturers. They both are protectors. They both are educators. They both are the ones that give us true love and discipline and comfort. They come to, they're a package deal together. And I'm so thankful for both moms, and I'm thankful for Christ. So this morning, I just want to just um, encourage you to tell your mom that you love her today. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for what you're doing for us. We thank you, Lord, for how you have helped us and how you have just provided all that we need. 
And Lord, we just open ourselves up now to receive all that you have for us today. And we want to thank our moms. We want to celebrate them today as we also celebrate Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? Yours will be the only name that matters to me. The only one whose favor I seek. The only name that matters to me. Yours will be the friendship and affection I need to feel my father smiling on me. The only name that matters to me. And yours is the name, the name that saved me. Mercy and grace, the power that forgave me. Your love is all I'd ever needed. Yours will be the only name that matters to me. The only one whose favor I seek. The only name that matters to me. Father, we just thank you for that promise today that, Lord, we are going to wake up one day in glory and we're going to see you face to face, face, and we're going to see all those that have preceded us and we will shout your name. We will shout, Jesus, Jesus, we're so glad to be home. Thank you for giving us this time. Thank you for giving us a life, Lord, that we have been able to celebrate that. And God, now I just pray that as we go to our homes today and we go and celebrate our moms, that we will be able to tell them thank you for all that they've done for us. And that we will celebrate together and we will be able to say thank you. And we rejoice in that. 
So I just pray blessing today. Blessing on all those that are here. And God, and I just pray that you would just uh, give them all of their needs and provide for them as you so faithfully do. And we, also saw, we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed today. And tell your moms that you'll love them.